I'm Mike Cadlick, joined by my partner, as always, Alex Barth from 98.5. We have a ton to get to on this show. Uh, we want to open it up with you guys as well. So uh, we're going to try and do a real full Q&A episode um, with some storylines kind of scattered in. Um, so start firing away in the chat. Any questions you have, Patriots, Patriots offseason, rumors, coaches, coaching staff, anything. Fill it up and we'll get to as many as possible throughout the show. Um, Alex, I want to start with one thing that sort of has been going around the Twitter sphere today, uh, and it's Lamar Jackson. Um, according to odds makers, Lamar is the favorite to land with the Patriots. Should he not? But no, 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 they, no. Other way around. The Patriots are the favorite to land Lamar. Yeah, did, did I did I flip that? Yeah, because that would be that would be different odds, right? Would be who's the favorite to be the Patriots' starting quarterback in Week One? Oh, sure, yeah, different yeah, odds, okay. yeah, sure. So. so. Yes, Lamar favorite. The Patriots is a favorite to land Lamar. Um, I have a lot to say, a lot to get to on it. Um, plenty of thoughts, but I know you're not as gung ho on it as I am. So I want to give the floor to you first to kind of talk about uh, this potential potential fit. I guess we can call it. Well, I mean, I'll just say what I what I say all the time with these things. Vegas loves taking money from stupid people, <laughs> and there's probably a lot of Patriots fans out there, some more realistic than others, but some who think that. Lamar coming here is a real possibility and they see those odds and they want to put 20 bucks on it so they can brag to their friends when Lamar does come here that they won money off of it. That's all this is. That's all this. It's, it's just not yeah, realistic. And, and here's how I know it's not realistic. Whether or not you think the Patriots have a chance, you can't tell me based on the information we have in front of us that the Dolphins aren't one of the most five likely teams. Yeah, if I was making those odds and like actually making them, not trying to rip people, I don't, I shouldn't say rip people off. It's, it is what it is, but like, right. The house always wins, right? It, the favorite right, can't exactly. win every time. So I'd put the dolphins up there, certainly ahead of the Patriots. I, I don't remember who else they had there. And this was, if he leaves the Ravens. Jets, it was, yeah, it's if, yeah, there's parameters. If so there's if not even Ravens, Ravens odds on there. Right. And it's Patriots, Jets, Falcons, Raiders, 49ers was the top five in order. Falcons is sneaky. Interesting. I, yeah, I, can I, see that. I hadn't considered that one. The Niners are going to be up there. The Dolphins have to be up there. It just makes so much sense. He's talking. Yeah, I don't know why to the go back are. to Miami. So right. I, I, we, you can enjoy it. You, you can enjoy that. They're at the top of those odds. Have fun with that. But I, I really, I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I'd love to have him here. Like in a bubble, he's a great player, tremendous right. player, certainly an upgrade over Mac Jones. I'd take him here. I just, I don't see the interest from his side. And I don't re necessarily see the interest from the Patriots side because what it would take to get him, you basically have to expend all your assets in terms of right. draft capital in order to get him here because he's not, he's not hitting for agency. He's not the Ravens right. will tag him and trade him. Even if he says, I refuse to play in Baltimore, they will tag him and trade him. So there go all your draft assets and then you have to sign him. So there goes all your cap space. So now who's blocking for him? Who's catching the football for him? You, you need to overhaul that offensive line because you do not have offensive linemen that can run that scheme. It's, I'm not necessarily saying I would I would say no if he was just like, hey, I want to go to the Patriots. But right. you're talking about a long, long path ahead. And for a coach that's trying to catch Don Shula and now has his successor, we think, named in Gerard Mayo, that process isn't necessarily something he's going to want to go about. So, so let's I, talk, just, I, yeah. I don't think it's realistic. 
So let's talk about the offense for a second, though, and the pieces that are in place and the moves that would have to be made if you bring Lamar here. And I wrote all about this this, this afternoon on clnsmedia.com, so you can check that whole thing out. But looking at it from where the Patriots are on offense, as far as personnel, as far as coaching staff, look, if you're going to make this splash, and I'm a Mac Jones fan, as you are. We're both, quote-unquote, Mac Jones Bobos, and we, uh, you know, we think he got screwed, and he deserves better. Uh, I'm with you on that. But... If you're going to bring Lamar Jackson in here and you have a chance to bring in a fringe top five quarterback, again, if he wants to come here, you have to make that move in the NFL right now. I just think you do. And look, pieces in place personnel-wise, the Patriots have, whether you, you know, they're rather expensive, but two tight ends in Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. You have, if you re-sign Damian Harris on a team-friendly deal, three running backs in Stevenson, Harris, and Strong. And then you'd have Lamar Jackson to be able to run a similar system that they ran in Baltimore with Greg Roman. Two tight ends, three backs, big receivers, guys like big receivers and then fast receivers. So you have Devontae Parker, you have Tyquan Thornton, you have Kendrick Bourne. They could run a similar scheme. Now, if you're going to make this move, you have to decide on it now because you're looking for an offensive coordinator now, as the Patriots reported last week. They're going to start interviewing offensive coordinators uh like they, they mentioned starting this week i don't know who they're going to bring in yet they haven't reported it there was a well, report so today they, that tom Curran just yeah is that where you were going okay so yeah, tom yeah, Curran yeah. reported that uh the primary target is former patriots offensive coordinator bill o'brien there's unanimity is that how you say it on all sides that o'brien's the best person for the job uh he goes on to say that he o'brien has a willingness to return and it would end up it would be called an, it should be an upset if he doesn't return that tells me they're not going for Lamar because right. the the O'Brien system – think about candidates, right? O'Brien and Chad O'Shea, those are guys that are going to run an offense that does not fit Lamar Jackson. But you look at other candidates, and I've sort of – again, I talked about this on CLNS, but I've been thinking about it all day now. Todd Monken, the OC at Georgia, used to be the OC with the Browns. The system he runs, or you look at Zach Robinson, the system he runs, that's something that can fit Lamar Jackson. You, again, you have the personnel here, but you look at the OCs and you have to match those things right now. So that right. process should have to already start. I don't know if that has. But I can't get over the fact that A, Monken runs that run first, easy on the quarterback, play action. He did it with Baker at Cleveland. He did it with Stetson Bennett and just won two titles at Georgia. I can't stop thinking about that. And then you look at Zach Robinson. That Shanahan system, you look across the league, you look at San Fran. They did it with Jimmy. They did it with... Nick Mullins, they're doing it right now with Brock Purdy. There's a high floor for the quarterback in that Shanahan system. We haven't seen the high ceiling that we think it has yet, right? You look at Trey Lance in San Francisco. We were kind of expecting to see that high ceiling with the mobile quarterback who can get the ball out quick. It's sort of just in, you know, in motion with guys like Purdy right now. If you get Lamar Jackson in that system, that's the high ceiling that we've all been waiting for it to happen. That is that is essentially what will happen, in my opinion, if you put Lamar in that system. I I mean it's a it's a slightly different system though. It's not the Raven system isn't really Shanahan. It's sort of its own. No, thing. but but I'm saying there, there's the talk of you know the that type of quarterback like Trey Lance. Right. So you put it, it would be a shift in a system, sure. But you put Trey Lance into that system like they wanted to in San Fran. You talk about Lamar Jackson going to Miami with Mike McDaniel. Oh yeah, Lamar Lamar Jackson has been rumored to San Francisco with Shanahan. So I'm just saying that type of quarterback in that type of system, that's what you would have to do here in New England. You would want to bring in one of those coaches. 
Right. And, and, and Bill O'Brien, like you said, is not going to run that system. So I would say exactly. they don't. And, and, and that's not to say they don't want Lamar. They may have made the call and, 100%. you know, hey, you know, Lamar, they call Lamar's agent or how I don't know how it works with tampering. If there's a guy who wants a trade, right. but they go through their back channels. Hey, Lamar, you want to play here? Nope. OK, exactly. There you go. He's not an option. He's not whether they want him or not. He's not an option. So they have to continue to move on. Yeah, so let's then talk about the actual report, something that does actually have wheels on it, and that's Bill O'Brien. What I just read, what I just mentioned, NBC Sports' Tom Curran says that, um, again, they the Patriots believe there are other candidates with merit, but the relationship between ownership and Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones and Bill O'Brien sounds like it would be an upset should he not return. So it, I think it's he's all about the guy here. They're going to go through interviews, but I think it's going to ultimately – after Curran's report today, I think it's going to be Bill O'Brien. Which – to me, I know some people rolling because I, of course, it was always going to be Bill O'Brien. Yes, we just went through a whole offseason of them doing the thing that it was like, it couldn't possibly be that. They couldn't possibly have Matt Patricia call offensive plays. Right. They couldn't possibly, you know, with the stuff in the draft, trade down twice and take a guard. They couldn't possibly just sit out free agency. They tried all that roundabout stuff and it didn't work. This is the offseason of no duh. Like, it was funny when I... I posted my 10 point plan for the Patriots offseason yeah. on Friday and it's up now and you can read it at 985thesportsub.com and I got a comment on it that was and this is this was a rare case where I actually got into what I would do. It wasn't so much a projection as much as it is yeah. if they I think if they do all these things they'll be in good shape. And the first step was hire Bill O'Brien. And I got a comment that was like you know, I was disappointed reading this. There really wasn't anything outside of the box. I think this is what everybody believes they should do. Isn't what everybody believes they should do sort of out of the box now? After what right. we went through last season? Like, per a chalk offseason? Hire Bill O'Brien. Sign or trade for a receiver. Draft a tackle. Like, that's all chalk. Get rid but of it bad isn't. coaches. Bring in good coaches. Right. That's <laughs> yeah. all chalk, but it also isn't after what we've went through, gone through in the last year. So, yeah, the fact that they're going to hire the right guy isn't an eye roll. It's great. Excellent. They're doing what they should do. They're making the unilateral correct move. And uh, that's not to say that going outside the box is always bad. Sometimes you take those risks and they hit. And, you know, that's absolutely the case. But they can't swing and miss this offseason. They just can't afford to do it. Bill can't afford to do it. This needs right. to be an offseason of the safe plays, the I don't want to say low floor or, or high high floor. Sorry. This is the, the offseason of high floor, low ceiling plays. Bill O'Brien, I don't want to say he's low ceiling because I really think he he's gonna ma he can maximize Mac Jones, but like it's not flashy. It's not sexy. There's no wow like this could really turn into something. It's just yeah, he's probably the right guy for the job. Right. And so they're going to hire him to do that job. Like, yes, excellent. Well done. Right. You even look at, and we'll, we'll, we can talk about Cliff Kingsbury's not going to be an option, but that was sort of a high ceiling move where not only is he going to, you know, look at what Mac Jones can do best, but he's going to elevate it even more with deep downfield concepts and, you know, kind of like you had mentioned before, Alabama Fi, the Patriots right. offense. I think Bill O'Brien will do that, but Cliff Kingsbury would do that even more so. And I don't know if that's essentially what they need. They need, to make their quarterback better and, you know, do the things that he's able to do. High IQ, intermediate throws, play action, read a defense, 
things like that. And that's exactly what O'Brien's going to do. So again, I think that that's ultimately going to be the move and that's what it sounds like according to Karin. So um, I like it. So throw in your questions again here um, in the chat. Uh, the other thing I do want to touch on quick was Scott Zolak today. He sort of sounds like he had an, had an ear uh, inside the building about where the potential coaching changes are going to go. So you talk about Mayo getting his extension, uh, his long-term extension that hasn't happened yet, but it will. Uh, he's going to probably get the assistant co- head coach title. Matt Patricia is going to go back upstairs. Joe Judge, special teams coordinator. According to Zoe, he says he doesn't think they're going to fire Cam Accord, which I think is the right move. We've talked about it. He's a good, he's a good coach. He's a teacher. Wasn't a great coordinator, but he deserves you know a spot in the building at somewhere. And then sounds like Kaylee's going to be gone. Nick Kaylee will um, be interviewing actually with the Jets tomorrow for their offensive coordinator position. So those sound again like the chalky right moves um, that we've needed. And uh, I trust Zoe. I feel like he he kind of has the know in that. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little surprised just with the Cam Accord thing. I'm not necessarily saying Zoe's wrong. I just, it's a demotion. You're going from special teams right. coordinator to assistant special teams coordinator. Now, he might he might be willing to take that at this well, point. That, you yeah. know, maybe he figures, well, you know, I'm going to be an assistant special teams coordinator elsewhere. I like it here. My family's here. I have a life here. I have, you know, all that. And if I can stay, I'll stay. And a ton of credit in the world to him if he can do that. Because a lot of people wouldn't, a lot of people would just say, no, you're not demoting me. Just fire me. So, I, I, I've spoken highly of Cam Accord in terms of, I, I, I think, how much he loves the game of football, how well he understands the game of football, his ability to teach the game of football. The results are the results, and that's why they need to move on from him because clearly something there is not translating. But if I, I've said this for a while. I, I think he'd be a great assistant special teams coordinator because yeah. coordinator is not a teaching position. It's more of a strategic position. Right. Assistant special teams coordinator is basically a coach. So let him teach. Let somebody else coordinate it. That would be great if they could make that work. I don't know how realistic it is, but if they can make it work, that'd be great. Yeah, I agree. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL and bowl season to esports, you'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. For the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Um, so let's start the Q&A. Before we do the Q&A, I do want to quickly talk about our friends over at Rocket Money. If I can pull this up, because Rocket Money, Alex... Uh, do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? You probably don't, as 80% of people have subscriptions that they completely forget about. Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions, when actually that number is closer to 200 or more. It can be that unused Amazon Prime account, a Hulu account, ESPN Plus, whatever it be, whatever it may be, um, but they're all draining your bank account. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you have no idea that you know are even coming out of your card. I don't do that anymore. I did. It stunk. But now I use an app that I love. It's called Rocket Money. It used to be known as Truebill. It shows you all your subscriptions right in one place and then cancels for you whatever you don't still want. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel, all you have to do is press cancel in the app and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions now at rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat. All right, let's get into it. What do we got here? Um, 
I just had one in the chat. This one's Here. interesting. Uh, okay. Oh, oh, do yours. Go for it. Uh, I don't think Hunter Henry's a cut candidate just because of how his contract structured. Structured. I think it's more realistically Johnny Smith. I don't think the wide receiver position has an impact on the tight end position, though. As for the second part of this question, is Hunter Henry a cut candidate if the Patriots trade for Hopkins and re-sign Myers? I don't think that impacts the tight ends at all, but if one of the tight ends is going to get cut just based on the contracts, I think it's Johnny Smith. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, Henry has been more, I mean, he's been more productive, frankly, but I think we were talking about it the other day when we were you know, texting about the Pats in general. I'm not out on Johnny Smith yet. No. I think that he needs, you know, he hasn't been great. He's getting paid way too much for his production so far. But the stuff he did in uh, Tennessee, the stuff he showed when he actually gets the football here, he breaks a ton of tackles, he's fast. They just need to be able to use him right. And I think they still can use him right. It's going to be a matter of who they bring in on, on the staff. So um, I don't think they're going to ultimately cut either tight end, but it would probably be Smith over Henry just because he's done more so far. I mean, to reference the games this weekend, if people want to talk about the games this weekend too, we can definitely yeah. get into that because I have some thoughts. Um, yeah. I look what Evan Ingram's doing for the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. I don't see a reason why John o. Smith couldn't fill a similar role for the Patriots. And yeah. what the Jaguars are asking Evan Ingram to do, and that's another guy who struggled to produce, went into that offense, found success. I don't see a ton of reason why John o. Smith can't handle the route tree that Evan Ingram's running right now in Jacksonville. They just have yeah. to put it in the playbook for him to do it. So right. Like that's an Too interesting fast, thing fast, fast tight ends. Those guys. Yeah. Um, first Patriots free agency signing this offseason is Alex. One of the tackles, whether it's yeah. Orlando Brown, Mike McGlinchey should be one of the tackles. When yeah, we I get agree. closer, we'll get into, I'm not like ready yet to say who I want it to be. We got to wait and see. Got to do some more research, but uh, one of the tackles, whoever it is. Yep. Yep. They can't really go wrong. Yeah. I'm with you. I, uh, I mean, you think I don't? Who are the free agent receivers right now? Like they they need a number one wide receiver as well. PFF um, PFF did their list today. The they have the number one free agent receiver is Jacoby Myers. Okay, so that I don't tells know if they had the Odell cl- on that list. I don't know that they had Odell on yeah. that list or not. If he was factored in, but I I right now though I don't I would not put Odell over Jacoby Myers. Uh, I mean, yeah, because he's an unknown. Yeah, unknown. Jacoby's more reliable. Um, it sounds – I've seen a few things on Jacoby, whether it's, uh, you know, saying that he liked his time here. It sounds like he still wants to come back, but it also sounds every, like they, he might be every, out the door. A lot of guys say that. You'll never really hear a guy say, no, I'm not coming sure. back. Sure, right. But and, and I to be fair, I don't think Jacoby's lying. I think he did very much appreciate his time here. I do think he, he – you know, he, he was emotional talking about his time with yeah. the Patriots when we talked to him last week. But that being said, he's going to get some kind of money dangled in front of him this offseason that he probably has never even dreamed of. Right. And I don't think that's going to come from the Patriots. And I think he loves the Patriots. I think he appreciates the organization deeply. I don't know to the extent that he's going to walk away from the kind of money he's going to be offered. He's going to get a bag. He's going to get a bag. He earned it. And yeah. I guess the, the emotion thing you talk about, that ties into that because an undrafted guy – who started slow with Brady here, and he turned into that really solid, really dependable slot receiver who was always open, 1,000-yard receiver, turned into that guy. So, I mean, to to morph yourself into that kind of guy here and then go to leave, it it's no doubt emotional. So um, we'll see. But that could be a free agent signing as well if they, if they think they can pony up and, you know, that's what they want to build around. But let's do starting O-line, starting five O-line. So 
We've talked about the draft pick 14. We've talked about free agency. So I'm going to just tee this one up to you. What would be your dream O-line come week one using the 14th pick, using free agency, using what we know? Yeah, I mean, you keep the middle the same, obviously. Strange Mm -hmm. Andrews and Wenu. I guess let's call it Broderick Jones at left tackle, Mike McGlinchey at right tackle. Uh, I would take Orlando Jones at left tackle, Dewan Jones at right tackle. I'd certainly do that. You want yeah. to throw Peter Skaronsky in there? I, it's just sign one, draft one with the tackle right. position. Sign one, however they they arrange it. I'm good, but is sign Trent one, a free draft agent? One and you keep the middle. Trent's not a free agent, but they save like seven million dollars. I think okay. it is somewhere in there. It's like high single digits then. if they yeah. cut him. So, and the other thing is, all right, so you sign one, draft one, and Trent can play either side. So you, you could could potentially just draft somebody and give him a redshirt year to develop. And, right. and keep Trent Brown, not even a year. If Trent has a bad year, you throw the rookie in there. So, Yeah, um, I want to talk about this one, and then I'll let you uh, okay. go through some questions as no, well. You're good. But, uh, Ron says Bill's need, Bill needs a GM, and it's never been his strength. I don't necessarily agree with this. Um, when Nick Casario, and a guy who I was a fan of Casario when he was here, um, I thought he did a decent job and then earned the right to move on from player director of pro personnel up in the ranks and get a GM job, but he hasn't been great in Houston. They just fired their second head coach in two years. And when he was here, things were bad from a, from a front office point. Once he left and it was Ziegler and macro, things have been very, very solid from that point of view. Um, I'm looking at something I wrote earlier this season um, to kind of reference just what they've brought in with grow and Belichick heading up the personnel staff instead of uh, Belichick and Casario, they've brought in last two drafts with Mac Rowe, uh, you know, at the top of the food chain, Mac Jones, Christian Barmore, Ramondre Stevenson, Cole Strange, Tyquan Thornton, Marcus Jones and Jack Jones, Pierre Strong, Bailey Zappi, Kevin Harris. That's only to name a few. Kevin Harris is the worst out of that group. He, he had a couple of games here and there, but like, those are all guys who played a role this season, just in the last two drafts. From free agency signings, like Matt Judon, was Judon Casario, or was that, I think that was no, the nope, new No, that was great. Yeah. So you brought in Matt Judon, outstanding. Um, I mean, Devontae Parker, okay. The tight ends were a little high, but I've uh, overall, you, you re-signed Juwan Bentley. I feel like from a GM side of things and a front office side of things, once Casario left and Gro came back, they've been really solid. So I don't think they necessarily need to change anything there. I mean, there's some gray area here just in terms of the big knock on Belichick right now is the state he's let the coaching staff get into and not replacing right. guys like Brian Flores when he left and Dante Scarnecchia when he left, right, and all that. You know, it's not like, you know, if the scheme's bad, you blame the coach. The players are bad, you blame the the, the GM. But hiring the coaching staff is normally collaborative effort between those two. So you right. can put that on Bill the coach, or you can put it on Bill the GM and not be incorrect. So it's tough to say. In terms of the player personnel element of it, like you said, they've been fine. Yeah. You know, and the bigger issue has been they've been sloppy. They've had good players who've been sloppy. So that's on the coaching. If, yeah. if we're going to knock one of the two, it's Bill the coach right now, not Bill the GM. While we're on this topic, I do want to bring this one in real quick. The Cardinals hiring a former Patriots staffer does it make it easier to trade for DeAndre Hopkins? That's Monty Austin for it who was here for a while, was with the Titans for three years, and now is going to the Cardinals as their GM. He's the Titans director of player personnel. Uh, 
it maybe makes it a little easier. I don't know that it guarantees anything, but it's I still they, don't they think... have a working relationship with. So I agree, sort of. It's good to have a relationship with a guy. It's someone who you can call up easier and you know talk shop just you know off the cuff. But guys aren't out here doing favors for anybody either. So like it, I I don't necessarily think that just because there's someone on staff there that all of a sudden they're gonna make a deal happen for the Patriots over anybody else because they have a relationship with them. You get what I'm trying to say there? Yeah. But I don't know. Um, we'll do draft talk. I'll let you go in on Keely Ringo because you've mentioned him ample times. So I feel, I know this is who you think could fit. Yeah, he's probably the one guy, if they're not going to take a tackle in the first round, that I'd be interested in. Big physical press man corner on the outside yeah. fits their type. If they're going to lose Jonathan Jones, you put Ringo opposite Jalen Mills, you get Jack Jones in the rotation you're in pretty good shape. Like Ringo can be that number one. I think right. Ringo can truly be in like soon that yeah. number one outside corner that, you know, shut down type. So if, as long as they take a tackle in the second round, as long as they sign one in free agency, if they want to use their first round pick on Keely Ringo, like I could see it, it would, yeah. it's not necessarily what I would do, but they'd be, a. it's not a bad move necessarily. Yeah. Um, and he can true. play. He's he's the number one corner in this draft. I know some people have, have brought up other names. I got to pull up the board here or here real quick. I don't even think he's the consensus uh, number one right now if I take a look at it. No, I don't uh, think so. No, he is. He is. He also okay. – it's him, then Joey Porter. And I, yeah. I don't know that Ringo is going to be on the board at 14. He really shouldn't be. This is probably going to be one of those things like, okay, Mike, so you were watching the show for this last year. You weren't yep. here. And I think your mic's disconnecting. Or my headphone's bugging out. You got um, me? Yeah. Um, okay. Last year at this time, everybody wanted Jordan Davis. And I kept telling people, you can want Jordan Davis all you want. He's not going to be on the board of 21. People are like, well, no, I see him right. in all these mocks. And he's going to, and I was like, no, 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 no. When he tests, when we get to the combine, once he tests, once these teams see him physically, 21 is going to be out of the question. Did the same thing with Chris Olave. Once he tests, he's going to be off the board. There's a chance Ke- Keely Ringo is that guy this year. I yeah. see some people suggesting he could be at the board on 14, at 14 right now. Once we get through the combine, they do all the measurables and all that. I think it's going to be pretty clear he's a top 10 pick. So yeah. I- I'm not going to get my hopes up about him too much. Two quick ones that I want to shuffle through. Um, this yeah. one quicker than the other one. Uh, Pat's going to sign former Jets offensive coordinator. That is Mike LaFleur. Um, I thought of this, and I thought that when the Jets part ways with him that he would be a likely candidate. But it sounds like he's going to go to the Rams, which, which makes know, sense. Again, there, it, it makes sense, but that also leaves the door open for Zach Robinson because Zach Robinson sounded like he was in line there to be the O.C., but now that they're going to bring, they probably bring in Mike Lafleur. Robinson might be ready to make that jump. I don't know if he necessarily wants to come cross country for this instead of being the quarterbacks coach there. But you never know. Um, so it sounds like uh, he's going to be in LA. The other one was, and this is sort of going to be longer, but I've seen this. Daniel Jones is greater than Mac Jones. I don't necessarily disagree with it. We could talk about um, what happened this weekend in the games, how they, you know, Giants obviously upset the Vikings, all that. This is the stuff you and I have talked about on this show is that it's not a bad thing to help your quarterback. Daniel Jones was not good for the first three years of his career. He was a six round, six overall pick, felt like a bust. They fired two coaches, I think, when he was there, Pat Shermer and uh, Joe Judge. Yeah, Shermer was one year and then Joe Judge the next two years. 
Right. And they bring in Brian Dayball, a guy who runs an runs a high quality offense in the NFL. Brings and in specifically Mike has experience working with quarterbacks. Exactly. He's the one who sort of jump started Josh Allen in Buffalo. Then he brings sort Mike of, Kafka in. Right. Sure. Yeah. He did. Mike Kafka from the Chiefs as well. The Chiefs, obviously. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. You have a guy who can take the best, make the best out of a quarterback, implement a high quality offense around him, and you you can find out what their ceiling is. And this is what Daniel Jones' ceiling is. He's a divisional round quarterback in the playoffs. So like I don't even know that the, this is ceiling because their wide receivers kind of suck. Like they I mean, go get him a weapon right. and yeah. So so people think jo- Daniel Jones stunk for the first three years of his career. All of a sudden you give him weapons and not weapons, excuse me, but you know, a quality system around him and he turns he turns out this performance this season. So what do you think is going to happen when you do it with Mac Jones, people? Probably something and, similar. Right. And I mean, Daniel Jones was, was bad. He, yeah, he, he was. was really bad. And you look, you get him the coach. And by the way, who was his coach when he was bad? The guy that coached Mac Jones yep. this past year, Joe Judge. So you see the effect, not only that a good coach and Brian Dayball can have on a quarterback, we have seen full on the effect that Joe Judge can have on a quarterback. And it's not a good one. There, right. there is no reason. Like, like uh, Daniel Jones set career highs and everything. He, he said, I, I think he set a Giants franchise record in passing yards. I might be wrong on that, but a career high in passing yards. Um, career high in touchdowns not only did he have his career lowest interception rate he had the lowest interception rate in the league for a guy that was incredibly turnover prone there is no reason Mac can't make a similar kind of jump in if you put him in the right spot there's no reason he can't and because you saw it in 2021 when he had a solid year like he can do it so no Daniel Jones is not necessarily better than Mac Jones no Brock Purdy is not better than Mac Jones this is, right. this is what we – and I see, keep seeing people say, you know, they point at the AFC playoff picture, and it's Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and Trevor Lawrence, and they say you need an elite quarterback to compete. Look at the AFC. Well, let's look at the NFC. Yeah. Jalen Hurts was a second-round pick who had a very good year, but another guy where the system was built up around him and suddenly he's much better. Right. It's Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones – Brock Purdy, and then it's going to be either Brady or Dak, but still three of four are guys who are very much propped up by their situation. So it is doable, people. It is very doable. There is a way to win with that blueprint. It's being done more in the NFC than the AFC right now. But I don't know, Mike. That Niners team, that's the team to beat right now. Right. That's the team to beat. And they might have the worst quarterback in the whole thing. You and know, he looks damn good in that system because they have it around. damn good in that system. <laughs> and no, Brock Purdy is not some sort of diamond in the rough. Like, look, I think he's right. – I, I don't think he's bad. He's fine. He's the, average. He's net neutral. The only way he keeps that job going into next season is if they win the Super Bowl. I, I, he might keep it. I don't know. You have Who Trey Lance bringing there, in? But you have Trey Lance there. You have to go – if they don't win the Super Bowl, you have to give Lance another shot. They spent way too much on him. Yeah, you're probably right, but I still think you try to trade him. Yeah, that's fair. That's not a bad idea. Um, before we do one more question, I do want to talk about LinkedIn, Alex. Um, and then we'll get back to the questions because, and let me hide this chat as well. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access, you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. 
LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. We use LinkedIn Jobs here at CLNS Media, and we can't recommend it enough. It's super easy to post your job, then add your listing and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and find who you would like to interview and hire. We're now into January, so it's the perfect time to add the right team member and start 2023 off strong. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash beat. You can find it in the lower third right behind us. That's linkedin.com slash beat to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Cool. All righty. Questions, questions, questions. Let's roll. Um, sorry. What do we got delay here? This sucker. Um, so, all right, we, we can do this one. Some people have asked about I've seen a lot of people ask about this because I've left Andre Dillard kind of out of that top tier yeah. tackle free agency group. And I think people just think I'm forgetting. Um, he's been kind of banged up. The last couple of years, he didn't start any games this year. I, I'm not going with like, I, I think he has upside, mm-hmm. but I want the guy. I, I, I kind of says about the wide receiver position. Who's been there, done that. I think right. you're going to have to pay top dollar anyway, get somebody who's been there. So I don't think Dillard's bad, but I want a guy who's been a starter before, who isn't necessarily going to have a learning curve. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, but I, if it's, if he's like at the last option, you have to go for it because oh, yeah, they need of something. course. But I mean, they they should be able to get they sh- they should be in on McGlinchey and Brown first. And, yeah, um, no, uh, uh, McGarry from uh, Atlanta. I'm blanking on his first name. Oh yeah, um, we are we already mentioned this, but I want to get your thoughts on Karen's report today because obviously he's an insider and he knows what's going on down at one Patriots place. Do you think Bill Bill O'Brien is like a done deal realistically right now? They're gonna have to do the um, you know, the evaluations and talk about it. But from what Curran said with Mac Jones being on board with it and ownership being on board with it and Bill O'Brien being willing to return, it sounds like a done deal. But I, I don't want to rule out everybody else just yet because I like Billy OB. I think he's, you know, solid for the position and he'll do a good job with Mac. But I still think there's a higher ceiling with someone like Zach Robinson. Yeah, I with Robinson, you have to do the, on it, yeah, you have to do the Shanahan offense. If, if you're like yeah. you're bringing in Robinson to run Shanahan. Right. Or or McVeigh. I I also like the idea of it being somebody who's been a head coach before. Because Okay. Like if it's Bill O'Brien, it's Bill O'Brien's offense. That's his system. It's his like the, the, we used to talk about Josh McDaniels as the head coach of the offense when he was here, right? Not the right. offense corner, but Bill was the head coach of the defense. Josh was the head coach of the offense. I think that setup worked really well. And I'd like to right. see them go back to somebody who it doesn't just have offensive experience, but has head coaching experience kind of can command that respect. And that's Bill O'Brien based on Curran's wording there. And there was something about like, it's an upset if he's not hired. I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but it was something he used the word upset. I can't imagine a guy like Curran's going to speak that strongly without knowing what he's talking about. Yeah. So I, agree. I, I don't know that there's ink on paper, but it it feels sounds likely. It, it it feels pretty solid. All right, I want to jump in yeah. this one. Real I want quick. to quickly wait. Just building okay. off. Sorry, building off the head coach of the offense. Yeah, I think. Sorry, I thinking about that. So head coach of the offense is like yeah. 
you uh, one of my things going into this sort of rebuild that we're talking about was you need to give the offense completely to somebody else and get Bill's hands out of it because when Bill's hands were in it it was bad I don't know if Zach Robinson you're able to do that I think Bill's going to want to be sort of a puppet master behind Zach Robinson Bill O'Brien if it's Bill O'Brien you can stay out of the meetings and this is yours and we trust you go for it so I not only you can Bill O'Brien's not going to let Bill Belichick be over exactly like that right like and right. he's a guy that can i don't know that zach robinson's in a position where he can tell bill belichick hey like i've got this leave me alone pause off right B- bill o'brien can clearly do that all right I, right this is a great question what is football and why <laughs> it's just fantastic this is excellent football is it, just great it's just great i think it's <laughs> a great uh microcosm of life it's about you know team effort and working together and um you, you got to, you know, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's about, you know, chasing perfection, right? Cause you're never going to be perfect, but you have to be as close to perfect as possible to be successful. Um, and why? Cause it's awesome. Cause it's great. Cause it's everything we love watching. It's, it's drama. It's, it's, uh, you know, pursuit of excellence. It's physicality. It's all of it. Football rules. That's why. It absolutely rules. I just, I constantly change out my Twitter header all the time yeah. just to screw around and, it's now you can check it out at Mike Catholic on Twitter. It's now a screen grab of Julian Edelman's tweet the other day, and it's just I love football. It's so easy, it's so simple, but I loved it because I love football. I tweeted up just about every Sunday. It's like, why is no? Why is everybody in America not sitting on their couch from one p.m. Right. to eleven p.m.? It's Imagine not being a football fan this weekend. That's and what I'm missing. Saying. All of that. It's crazy. My, it's it's funny. My my header is a quote too. It's from Bill Belichick. This is from training camp. I don't remember if it was 2020 or 2021. Uh, but it was like the first press conference he gave, like the day before the first practice at training camp. And the, the context was he was talking about like what the team does before they get into padded practices and how important padded practices are. Right. But part of his answer was a big part of football is the actual football part of it. So I thought that was great. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I'm not right. a tattoo guy, but if I were to get a tattoo that, that would be up there on my yes, on my options would be that quote. Yeah. I like this. Um, this is sort of the Alabamafication of the offense. Uh, use Taekwon like Mac Jones used Jamison Williams at Alabama. Um, prior to Devontae Smith winning the Heisman Trophy, Mac Jones was going to be the favorite because yeah. Jamison Williams wasn't hurt yet. And it was Mac, and he was just throwing bombs to Jamison Williams and Devontae Smith. All day, all game long. I don't think Billy Ob was there. I think that was still Sark's team. Nope, that was Sark. But it's um, but it's the same offense. It's so the when, concept, right? Well, so like a lot of times you think about the offense coordinator bringing their system, right? Right. When Bill O'Brien got to Alabama, Saban saw how successful that offense was, and I think by the way, this is part of the reason O'Brien struggled a little bit at Alabama. Yep. He said, "You're not." He said to Bill O'Brien, "You're not running your offense." You're going to run Sark's offense. offense. And Mac Jones was the one who taught it to him while he was getting ready for the draft. So the idea is Bill O'Brien can marry that Steve Sarkeesian offense that Mac Jones was running and some of those more traditional Patriots concepts that Mac Jones was running in 2021 under Josh McDaniels. Like Bill O'Brien is in a unique position to marry those two, hence the Alabamification. Exactly. Um, You know, with in terms of Jameson Williams in that role – this is something I've talked about going back to the offseason. Matt Jones had a ton of success with the speed slot. Like, because there, there's three kinds of slot right. receivers. There's 
the shifty slot possession. receiver, which is yeah. what it, possession slot receiver, which was everybody thinks of, and what the position was exclusively for ten years. That's Wes Welker. That's Julian Edelman. That's those sorts of guys, right? Jacoby. Well, no, I see. I th- I don't know that Jacoby's that guy because there's okay. two others have evolved from it. There's the big slot, which is oh, because okay, you had sure. those small shifty receivers in the slot. Teams eventually figured out, well, what if we just put a six-one corner in there and just maul the hell out of them? Mm-hmm. And then teams countered by say, or some teams got ahead of it. Honestly, some teams said, "All right, all these slot corners are five eight, five nine. Let's throw a six-two guy in the slot. Six-two guy with good footwork, and those guys started to eat. And then you got the big slot. That's what Jacoby yeah. kind of exists somewhere in between big slot and in possession. Yeah, he's like point. a little bit of both. And then some teams went with the speed slot and said, "What if we just put like." Because you had burners on the boundary, because all the perimeter corners were big, physical. So they said, All right, yeah, this guy's 5'10, Tyree Kill. But man, he's going to outrun all these boundary corners. So let's put him out there. Right. And, and then teams started putting their speedy corners on the outside and they started putting these big corners in the slot. All right, we're going to bring our speed into the slot. Suddenly you're running vertical up the seam, not with tight ends, but with these, you know, four, two wide receivers. And that creates a massive mismatch. And that's something Alabama's done a lot of. They did it with Devonta Smith. They did it with Jamison Williams. Um, I can't remember the other guy. They've done it going back a few years now. They did it back to the Sark offense. Yes. That is something. And I thought the Patriots were in great position to do that this year, having both Nelson Aguilar and Tyquan Thornton on the roster. They did it with Aguilar like a handful of times. The yep. one that stands out to me, they did it in the Minnesota game and it worked. So I would love to see them have more speed slot concepts. Taekwon would be a great player for that. You're going to get him free releases off the line. He has the size to be a mismatch. Obviously, he has the speed, especially if you had a guy like Jerry Judy or DeAndre Hopkins on the boundary that's going to command number one coverage. Speed slot should absolutely be a part of their offense moving forwards, 100%. Bill O'Brien is a guy who has experience in implementing that. So, yeah, I, I think he can use Taekwon that way, and I think he should use Taekwon that way. 100%. I think Taekwon would eat, and I'm going to do a uh, – because it was too perfect, I had to do it. Taekwon would eat in there that offense, and he should eat by using HelloFresh.com slash PatsBeat20. Use promo code BEAT21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. I'm sorry I had to do it, but I'm working on the integration of the app. No, that was good. That was good. That was good. And they'd eat in that offense, and uh, it's super easy uh, with HelloFresh to save money. You can cut back on, cut back on all that expensive takeout. Uh, whip something up for free using HelloFresh. Super easy. Go to HelloFresh.com again. HelloFresh.com slash Pats, or excuse me, HelloFresh.com slash Beat21 and use code Beat21 for 20 free, 21 free meals plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash Beat21. Use code Beat21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Okay, back to questions. Just had to do that. It felt too perfect. All right. Uh, you on? I'll, I'll pull this one up. If you got um, one, yeah, go. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. So a lot of people really like Michael Meyer. And I've yeah. I, I got to pull a number up, uh, up here real quick. But I, he's going to – you have to use your first-round pick to get him. Yeah. You, you do. And I just – first of all, him and John, you don't play the same position. It's it's him right. and Hunter Henry. That That's who you're um, – that's who you're swapping him out with. I just don't think you have these other needs, right? Right. I'm not sure. And people say, well, he can be the number one wide receiver. I don't think he's that kind of player. Um, and again, I'm trying to pull this up here. So I'm sorry. I'm kind of in and out, but 
You know, Mike, give your thought on real quick, and then I'll give my take. My take. Again, I think it's it's back to what I said earlier in the show. I guess too, it's like I, if you're gonna go with tight end in the draft, which I've seen people kind of go for, um, yeah, I wouldn't spend 14 on it, and that's what you have to do with Meyer. It's I'm going with uh, Darnell Washington, second round pick perhaps from Georgia. I think that you know it's it's potentially of a, a positional need depending on how you see you know, what Hunter Henry and Jonu did this last few years. I still think there's potential and you're spending money on them anyway. So I'm not giving up on them yet, but I would still prioritize corner, wide receiver, tackle in the first round and go with the second tier tight ends like a Darnell Washington from Georgia um, at that point. So, so that's, kind here's of what what I, that's how I see this. Here's what I'd say about Mayer. The, the, the reasoning I've heard behind drafting him is, well, okay, the receiver they need doesn't exist in the draft. It's going to be too expensive to get Hopkins get Michael Mayer. Here's the problem. Michael Mayer's snap alignments last year. He lined up in line on more than half of his snaps, 463 in line, another 202 in the slot. He only lined up out wide on 63 snaps. That's not a lot. It's not something he's experienced doing. And unless you need a tight end, unless your wide receivers are set and you need a tight end. So like the Bengals could make this pick, right? But for the Patriots, drafting a guy who's going to play in line 14th overall just doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it doesn't. Now, if they were to go out and get DeAndre Hopkins, I think there's a better case for it. But again, you have more needs. You need a tackle. And now you've traded probably your second round pick to get Hopkins, right? Exactly. You need a corner. So I'm with you. I do think tight end is a sneaky need this year, but... This is a really deep tight end class. There's a lot of great athletes in this class. To me, it's get somebody late on day two, early on day three, somewhere in that like 75 to 150 range. And I think you get a decent tight end in that range. Get a tight I end also in that love, range. Go ahead. I love when people so don't think, know. People don't think we know what we're talking about. And what we know he's not the best tight end on Georgia. Yeah. Well, Brock Bowers is not. He's not eligible. Not draft draft. eligible. Brock Bowers yeah. isn't draft eligible. He's probably going to be a top five pick next season. He's a second, essentially second to like Kyle Pitts as far as greatest tight end prospects yeah. in the last 15 years. So, sorry, Mr. Snuff. We do know what we're talking about. Darnell Washington. He's best tight end on he, Georgia. That's he might have just to been, to be fair, he might have just been hyping up Brock Bowers there. Yeah, uh, potentially. So, but, Brock Bowers is a beast. And again, yeah. Yeah. But, but anyway, the point being, I get one of those yeah. tight ends, 75 to 150, red shirt him for a year behind Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. And then when those guys' contracts are up, you slide him in next year as a plug and play guy with NFL experience. That yeah. to me is what you do at the tight end position. 14th pick with where their roster is at now. Way like Michael Mayer is such a is such a perfect pick for those. There's like two or three teams that have picks inside the top 10 that like weren't bottom 10 teams. It's because they made trades last year. Like it's the Eagles. Um, I think the Seahawks are up there, right? Like that's the kind of team that's picking Michael Mayer. Patriots have too many needs to take a tight end there. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Especially with the money you're already doling out to the position right now. I don't, I don't see it happening. Yeah. Um, I was talking about this last night, actually with some, uh, some of my friends, as far as where the running back room is at. And Damien Harris is sort of, fit in the free agency uh what's going to happen in free agency and there are so many free agent running backs this offseason Damian Harris is kind of going to fall out of that top tier he's more in the second tier right now and I don't think he's going to command a ton of money 
So if he already doesn't command a ton of money at the start of free agency and is sort of looking for that deal and he's not going to get a ton of money anyway, and we've talked about it here before, but he could. I think he's a quality or a high can, high quality candidate for a hometown discount. A guy who's a leader in the clubhouse, people love him, friends with Mac Jones. That's not a reason why people necessarily take less money, but I think it could happen. I, I could see them uh, re-signing Harris at a lower price than uh, than some other guys that are out there. Yeah, I, they usually don't re-sign these kinds of running backs, but like you right. said, he's a, he's a valuable voice in the locker room. They're going to need the depth. I, if Bill O'Brien comes here, I do think one thing he'll make a point of doing is rotating the running backs better, and so you yeah. need that second guy opposite Ramondre Stevenson. Now, maybe he drafts Jameer Gibbs. I've really yeah, wondered that too. because they loved Jameer Gibbs at Alabama this year. He was their entire offense. He can probably play slot receiver in the NFL if you really want him to. Right. I wonder if they're going to be in on Jameer Gibbs on day two if Bill O'Brien comes here. I don't know that I do it, but I wonder if they'll be on it. But yeah, I, uh, I wouldn't be like overly surprised if they like a one year incentive heavy deal for Damian Harris. He gets to reset his value after he was banged up all year. They get a valuable voice back. I could see it. I could yeah. see it. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, again, I just think it's it, with the way free agency is going to go with the position too. I don't think he's going to command a ton of money. So I think that that's sort of going to be their, their way in. Um, we only have a few minutes left here, Alex. I, I'm sort of trying to find some questions, but I also think that what we can do after today's double matinee is a quick Boston sports minute. Yes. What do you say? Um, because yeah. Bruins and Celtics dominated today. They're both freaking wagons. There's no, there's no really otherwise other way to say it. Um, let's start with the Bruins. What they win? Was it seven nothing today? Is that the final score? Did was they let up a goal? Did they get a seventh? Did they get a I thought they put up they a touchdown. Extra point? They kicked the. No, they did not. Oh, they missed the extra point. Six nothing. Six nothing. David Pasternak scores every single day that goes by, and he scores a goal, and they don't sign him. Makes me worried. But that team's a wagon. I think it's cup or bust right now. Um, It sucks to say because, you know, it's hard to win a Stanley Cup. It's hard to win any championship. But this team is that good. They're 34-4-1 and and now or something like that. Like, there's no excuse really for them to not just go out and win the Stanley Cup right now. I, I the Pasternak thing's interesting. I actually think the Pavel yeah. Zaka deal was like a really good sign that they're close on Pasternak because okay. that's yeah. going to be a big deal, obviously. Yeah. A lot of money. And sometimes teams want to make like you do some teams work under their philosophy that you do that deal last. And I know right. some people will think, oh no, he's your best player. You get him signed first. Well, in this sense where it's an extension and you know he wants to stick around, and we've heard some reports that maybe the parameters are already there. Right, right, right. Well, okay. Well, you know, you also have to pay Zaka. So let's get that deal done so we know exactly what we're working with. Let's get some of these other deals done so we know exactly what we're working with financially. And then you go back to, all right, we've got everything else set. Here's the room we have. This is the yep. deal we're going to do with pasta. Maybe it's something where like they're waiting on the deadline because they want to have a little bit of flexibility at the deadline and then they're going to get that done. But right. the Zaka thing actually sort of made me feel like they're, they're, they're maybe close. Yeah, but you're right. He's Um, getting more and more expensive. He had a great game today. That check line with him, Krejci, and Zaka. I mean, that was awesome. That was just so great to watch. Yeah. Yep. Um, Okay, let's move on quickly. We'll do Celtics. Um, They beat Charlotte in Charlotte, one thirty, one eighteen today. Jason Tatum goes for fifty one and nine. He started the season red hot as the MVP candidate. Um, I don't want to say he he leveled out, but the rest of the league sort of you know 
came back to earth with you know Giannis and Luca and all that, and Tatum came down just a tad, only because Jalen Brown was playing so well as well. But Tatum's back in that groove, and I saw you tweet about it earlier, so I want to give you the floor. Just how he has yeah. gotten better and better every season. So, like, how much higher can he go right now because he's been so dominant already to start the year? Well, he does this every year where right. he's so like around this time. I, I they were saying on on the broadcast say hey, I think it was a year ago uh, yesterday. He had that sixty-one point game against Washington that kind of kickstarted yeah. that whole second half surge, and we've seen this before from him pretty much every year he's been in the league where. He's like, okay, the first half of the year and the second half of the year, he really takes off, right? He struggled at times in the first half of the year. And then you get to around right here, MLK day and boom, there he goes. So if he follows that pattern, what does it look like this year? Because he was at such a high level to begin with. I was talking with Evan Valenti, another CLNS guy on Twitter. And he said, well, how do you improve on, you know, MVP finalist? Right. Well, you get rid of the finalist. That's how exactly. you grew on it. <laughs> exactly. So I my expectations are insanely high for him. Probably yeah, higher than they realistically should be, but I he he's gonna really do something. I think he's really gonna do something special here this second half of the year. And you got Brogdon really getting in a groove now. He had another big what game a steal today. from Indiana yeah. he was. 46 points combined between these two games against the Hornets. Um you know, Grant Williams is playing some really good basketball right now. I thought he had a really good game today. Those those support guys, Jalen Brown still getting healthy, right? Like they're right. they're just in great shape right now. This is we need to give Brad Stevens some real credit for yeah. this roster he's built because it's an excellent roster. And I, I said it on the hub yesterday. Brad Stevens is a much better GM than he was a coach. Much he, better. He really is a high and, quality general manager. <laughs> I know there were like when he first got the job, it's like, oh, well, he's going to want to go back to coaching. He'll get yeah. the itch and he'll be back within a year. And we were talking about like Dallas or the Pacers right. or whatever. He's an idiot, frankly, if he goes back to coaching at this point. Yeah. Because he's so damn good at this general manager thing. He should not stop doing it. I'm with you. He's a stud. Um, he's he's done. He's made so many moves. The, the Kemba move right at the start. Kemba for right. Horford. Horford's still playing and starting here. Kemba's. I hate to say washed, and but he's washed and he's gone. Like it just so many moves that he's made, the Brogdon deal, right? You mentioned that. Like he's just been so much better, and he was a pretty good coach. He he won here and he he did things here that were great, but he's been outstanding in the front office. Um, so that's it for Boston sports. Both teams, both of those teams are wagons. We're hoping that the Patriots can do the same. Um, that is it for us here tonight. We will be back on Thursday, and we are going to welcome in um, a guest, and it's going to be Miguel Benzon from Pat. He's at Pat's Cap on Twitter. Go give him a follow. He's the Patriots uh, salary cap guru is really what he is. He keeps a keeps a keen eye on everything as far as transactions yeah. and guaranteed money and you know cap manipulation and all, all things that, that frankly, I'm not as well-versed in as, it, as he is by any means. So we're going to bring him on Thursday. Um, keep an eye out on what time on Twitter and uh, YouTube and all that. But bring your questions. We're going to open it up for a Q&A with Miguel to answer all things salary cap. I'm curious, actually, how it would work with Lamar Jackson and what they can do there. They have about $35 million in space. So, again, bring your questions Thursday. We're going to have Miguel at Pat's Cap on Twitter on the show. So uh, we will see you guys then. Thank you for all your questions. Thank you for always tuning in. Check out Alex's stuff on 98.5, thesportshub.com. He's at RealAlexBarth on Twitter. I just wrote something up earlier this afternoon about Lamar. Make me happy. Try and, you know, see if we can get a fast guy in here instead of Mac. But check that out on clsmedia.com. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Cadlick. Thanks again for watching. And-